Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. In my quest to understand what freedom was, I broke it into four components time, financial, location, health, freedom. And in that light, I'm always scouring, trying to find entrepreneurs on the margin, cutting edge, embodying these principles. And so today I have a very special guest, Mandy Emerson, and she's a social media strategist. And so you can see her handle. And um, I'm passionate about social media because it's a very powerful tool to get brand awareness and all the advantages that we're going to talk about. So Mandy, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We we connected through Podmatch and it's great to connect. And so tell people your origin story, how you got started, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So first of all, obviously, Dr. Christopher, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about social media. I could talk about it all day. Mm-hmm. So this will be a good conversation. Um, I actually have a background in performing arts, so not even related to social media marketing, um, but I've always been interested and loved the data, the marketing, the strategy behind social media. And it's obviously changed a lot in the last five to 10 years. So I've seen that evolution happen for myself, but really uh, what allowed me to dive deeper into social media marketing and the strategy side of things is actually due to the pandemic. I was working for a cosmetic company at the time. Um, A lot of people kind of at the bottom, totem bottom of the totem pole lost their positions, including myself. And I just took it as a sign. It's time for me to go all in for with social media. So I did that. Uh, and that's where the Fear Social Society was born in the last two and a half years. Um, I've since curated a proven framework for using social media effectively, decreasing the overwhelm. So my goal is always that somebody hears or works with me and says, Mandy helped me ditch the overwhelm. She made it so much easier. And now my business is thriving and making more money because of her effective strategies. So that's a little bit of uh, my behind behind the scenes or my origin story. And um, I've been loving it ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love uh, how pandemic forced people to open their eyes and try to reevaluate life. And uh, you know, so many entrepreneurs came out. Um, so many great companies came out of 2008. And so, I mean, we'll exactly. get, uh, so I have a, my audience is really interest, interesting because they're mostly physicians and uh, some of them don't even, are not even on so, social media, which is very surprising. Yeah. So maybe we can talk <laughs> to that audience. One thing is uh, why, why social media? Why should, why should we care about it? 
Oh, that's a that's a good question. Why should we care about social media? I think it's because it really is where digital marketing is going. This is where it's been going for the last uh, five to seven years. It's not going away anytime soon. If anything, there are more apps and pl- platforms being born every single day, uh, and it's it's how people find services. It's how they find providers. It's actually how I found my chiropractor. It's how I found uh, my doctor for my uh, baby that I'm that's due at, in the summer. So it's really where people are finding their service providers and what they're looking for in their day-to-day lives. Uh, and it's just the new way of connecting. So that's why businesses and physicians and anybody in any field should at least consider social media. They don't have to consider all of them. You don't need to be on every single platform by any means, but considering at least one or two of them could grow your business exponentially that you didn't have before. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because you talk to um, innovators such as yourself, entrepreneurs, and they see the utility and value. And then like people that don't know how to use it, um, you know, a lot. one of the biggest comments I got around social media was, oh, it's for posting food or cat videos, or I can't dance. Um, what do you have to say about this technology and what people are using it for? Yeah, I, I think that's a very common uh, misconception about social media. <laughs> I Like I'm here for the funny cat dog videos. Don't get me wrong. I really love those videos. Uh, but it really is to reach an audience that you might not have been able to reach before. So it's it's thinking outside of that box of it's just for the dancing videos. If anything, those dancing videos have been uh, done away with. We don't see as many of those. So that's good news for people that are worried they have to dance on social media. You do not. Um, and if if you want to be there for the dog cat videos, that's true. That's that's fine too. But the great thing is, is there is a there's an audience for everybody on social media. It's not just for the dog watching people or the dance watching people. Uh, like I said, I found my chiropractor. I found this service. I found this product on social media. So it's not just for uh, the dancing videos anymore. It certainly has changed. And it's definitely changed a lot, I would say, even in the last two to three years since the pandemic, because social media online is all we had. So now there's like this this really great happy medium, I think, of the in-person and socials uh, that we can absolutely use to our advantage. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, always there's the innovators, the, and then there's the early adopters and people really see the utility and value, you know, just yeah. like, um, just like when Google bought YouTube and yeah. they realized, you know, everybody's going on to these platforms. It's a great mm-hmm. way. And uh, even like TikTok, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I can't dance, but I used it to create, you know, 10,000 followers that I can share my, information with you know funding businesses yeah it can be so, done it can be done without <laughs> dancing yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like a it's like a tool it's like a hammer so you can use it to hammer a nail you can you know do other things and so yeah um, absolutely what uh so what do you so my my question is so there's like so many platforms out there you know um what uh which like what do you see the trends and which kind of which platforms for people that are not on social media to to go on? Yeah, such a good question. This is actually very dependent on your business type and what you have to offer. If you are very heavily in the educational space, then I would recommend that you be on platforms that deliver educational type content. And that would be things like YouTube 
or Pinterest. Uh, Instagram can also be a place for educational content. It really does depend on what your business has to offer. If you're very product-based, Facebook is also a really great place for you to be. Instagram, of course. Instagram is going to be one of those platforms that's universal in a lot of different ways. Um, But what I would recommend is look at the type of business that you are uh, and what you provide if you're a brick and mortar or if you're online only uh, and where your audience hangs out. And sometimes that just takes a little bit of market research that also look back on the customers or clients that you've already had and where they just ask them, where do you like to hang out? Where, what social media platform are you on? Because if we want more of those types of customers, then we need to ask them first and foremost, because more than likely people like them are going to be on similar platforms. So just by asking your current um, customer client base, But then also looking at the type of business that you are and what platform is going to be best for you. Because it's not all of them. You don't need to be on TikTok. You don't have to be on uh, Facebook. You don't even have to be on YouTube. But definitely a platform that's best suited for your business is what I would recommend. Yeah. And it's interesting because talking to a lot of people, the trend is um, video so it's mm. mobile, vertical, short form yeah. um, that speaks to the kind of the Gen Z and Gen Alpha. But, and I do have a question about yeah. the type of media with yeah. the rise of TikTok. You know, uh, how do you see like Instagram, Facebook reels playing into this? It's so true that video is definitely the, the top contender for content that people like to consume. Instagram even came out that the head of Instagram said that there wasn't a strong difference between the engagement of video and static photos or graphics, the engagement was actually very similar. So how people like to consume is still very um, individualized, but I don't necessarily see uh, Instagram or Facebook necessarily falling by the wayside. If anything, I just see them evolving and growing as best as they possibly can. But it's true that video is definitely the the king as far as content and then graphics and photos um, are very shortly behind it. Um, But I don't necessarily see Instagram or Facebook just falling by the wayside or just dying all of a sudden. Um, Instagram is one of those platforms that has been around since uh, our a previous recession that we had 2007, 2008. So it's it's so interesting when we do have a recession in, in the US at least that the most interesting companies and businesses and platforms come out of it because we see that from 2020 and, and during this year of 2023 as well. Um, but Instagram has been around for over a decade at this point. TikTok still is in its infancy. Um, and I think a lot of people say like, oh, well, Instagram's dying. Instagram is far from dying. It's a much bigger beast than TikTok. Um, so it's still a very viable platform. And so is Facebook. I mean, they're really the titans in social media. And, and and as fast as TikTok has grown, I don't necessarily see anybody falling by the wayside. I just see them becoming even more competitive and you know, trying to come out with the next best feature and, and serve their audience the best way they possibly can. So it just really goes back to not having all of your eggs in one basket, but don't feel like you have to be in all the baskets at once, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how TikTok will play out because it it actually outcompeted um, the US based companies. It, it built a better product. It's easier and and quite right. honest. And then now um, um, it's going to be interesting because you know yeah. the United States is trying to like they 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 try and ban it and you know kind of say oh you know data privacy yeah. but um, uh, it, right. Yeah, and it, it's the other thing is you know platform wise, it's all dependent on like 
usage, consumption, you know, how, what you resonate with, you know, once you decide your platform, yeah. what are your ways of creating content efficiently for your business? Yeah. Great question. So um, I have a four-part framework that I like to teach to my my clients and the members that are in my program. And uh, the first is obviously the, the core thing of your business and your overall content is going to be your niche and your messaging. If you don't know who you're talking to and you don't have a very clear message uh, that really aligns with your ideal client or customer, it's going to fall flat no matter what. So if you don't have that down, the next three steps are not going to work for you, right? So being really, really clear on who they are, their age, and that also plays a factor into the platform that you're on. So if you're not trying to talk to Gen Z and younger, then maybe you don't need to be on TikTok. Or if you're not trying to talk to you know, our, our Gen Xers and above, then maybe you don't want to be on Facebook, right? So paying attention to your demographic, how old they are, what season of life are they in? What is their core problem? Really making sure that you're speaking their language and not industry type jargon. Um, I think that can be really uh, easy to do when we're in our industry all day, every day. It's so easy for us to use different acronyms or very industry type language that our ideal client is like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what that means. What does that acronym mean? And you've completely lost them. So you want to make sure that your messaging is just so clear. It's understood by your ideal client, your customer, um, and you have that down. The next portion is understanding your seasons of business. When do you sell the most? Um, and what times are you in? What There's three different seasons that I refer to. Um, but there's growth, sales, and then there's a maintenance season. What season are you in? Yes, we like to sell all the time, but there might be a couple times a year that you're launching something new or you're selling something, uh, you're bringing attention to uh, a certain product or a certain service. How can we maximize that selling season and, and really grow and network and get as many eyeballs on our content as possible? in between those sales seasons. So that's the second. Uh, the third then actually comes to the content strategy. So before we even get to creating content, we need to first understand our demographics, our messaging, our seasons of business. And then we get to get into, I think the fun stuff. I like the content creation. I like the strategy portion uh, because depending on the season that we're in, are we in sales? Are we in growth? Are we in maintenance? That's where our content really coincides with that. Uh, and we can talk about content mediums, you know, all day, every day, but really video and content that serves our ideal audience member to make them go, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. I totally want to work with them. Uh, and then after, after we have that content strategy and creation down for the first three steps, then it comes to community building and also maintenance. It's Maintenance is not necessarily the best word to use for this. But if we don't have a solid community that's in love with our product, in love with our services, in love with what we do, they're not going to tell other people about it. They're not going to want to shout it from the rooftops and say, have you ever worked with Dr. Christopher? He's amazing. And right, like if, if we don't have that strong community of loyal customers, clients, of followers, then we can only reach so far past it. So those are the four steps in my in my specific framework that I like to teach clients. So the content creation strategy side doesn't even come into play until the third step. And then the community building is really what keeps the momentum going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing about Web3 is going to be changing your audience from followers to community. Yeah. And how are you going to, how do you create a loyal community on social media? Great question. 
It is asking their opinion. It's asking them to talk back to you. A lot of times we think that we're just supposed to be talking to them and at them. And then we never ask them to participate back with us. It's asking them, was this helpful? Or what are some tips that you've done and tried? Or tag somebody that would find this helpful. It's getting them to engage with very simple questions and giving their opinions. People love to give their opinions. Are you kidding? Anytime that you give them an opportunity to share their opinion, they're going to give them, give them the opportunity as often as you can, and then respond back to them be like, wow, that's super interesting. Or something that I'll do that is, uh, it works every time. But if I'm, if I'm, this is going to be very simplistic, but if I'm picking out an outfit for an event that I'm going to, I will have like two to three outfits and I will encourage my audience to vote. Which one, which one do you like better for this event? Even though I probably have already chosen what it's going to be. <laughs> I will encourage them just to participate in it. Maybe it's naming a new product or maybe it's where you're hosting an event next. Um, getting your audience to give their opinion on just the very simple little things gives them that that encouragement to talk back with you. And then when you respond to them, they now know, okay, Dr. Christopher's not just putting stuff out there to put out there. He actually cares about what I what I think. He cares about what I say. And he responds back. That is really how you start to cultivate the community is making them feel heard and giving them a space to speak back. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, instead of just one way, it's, it's bi-directional. It's too. Yep. Um, so now you're going to put up your outfits, Dr. Christopher, you're going to put them out there and and have people vote on them for your next <laughs> for your next event. And you're like, what do you guys think? These shoes or these shoes? And people are going to be like, what are you doing? Uh, they'll, they'll be very, <laughs> they'll participate. I'll tell you what, they'll participate. Yeah, no. they will. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they, they would say in their opinions. Yeah. I mean, it's the simplest things. We, we will say where we get our Christmas decor from, where we get, you know, our groceries. Like, do we get this kind of bread or that kind of bread? How do you like your coffee in the morning? I mean, the simplest <laughs> things connect us because they're they're a part of our everyday lives. It doesn't need to be this really complicated, you know, overthought process. It can just be as simple as, do you like tea or coffee in the morning? That's yeah. it. Just getting people to talk back. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Um, I have, we're nearing the end, but um, two more questions one is yeah. um because audio now with they have um with audio or sorry um with the podcasts and now there's audio and then there's now there's social so how do those yeah. kind of play in the social media oh that's good i would actually say how you can repurpose podcasts like this how you can utilize that audio there's a couple different ways we can take the audio obviously it goes up onto a podcast you can stream this live into a facebook group or onto youtube <laughs> There's that capability for people to tune in live with you, but then you can also take the video portion of this and and just take a, a 15 to 30 second clip of something that's just really juicy or it's really interesting uh -huh. that gets people to want to listen to the whole entire episode um, to then repurpose onto places like Instagram and TikTok, YouTube shorts, obviously where they have that video, but utilizing just this one piece of content like we're doing now, this is what I call an anchor piece. This is a really meaty piece of content. We've talked about a couple of things. We've answered a couple of questions. You can take each one of those questions and then and repurpose it into multiple reels or TikToks. You can also take this and put it into the written word and put it on a blog post. You can also take little excerpts and use it for quotes. There's so many different ways that you can repurpose this yeah. onto social media. That's not necessarily just social. It can be on your website or in a, in a quote graphic that you share on, 
on your socials or on your website or gosh, you could even print it out and put it up in your office somewhere. Uh, there's just so many different ways that you can repurpose this. Yeah. It's just working smarter, not harder when it comes to content creation. Yeah. And that's where the creativity comes in. Yeah. Really great question. Uh, how do, you know, let's say, you know, they've built up a following, tremendous following. And yeah. then um, let's say these platforms, their algorithms change, you know, um, what, what do, how do, how do creators and influencers hedge against this type of, you know, cause they actually have no control. It's just like, you know, like it's at the whim of AI. So. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is that the algorithm doesn't necessarily change tremendously that it completely flips us on our head. There are different, I, I think about it in a, a way of a, a machine in a factory that you don't necessarily shut down the entire machine to you know fix a certain part, but maybe you take one part out or you enhance a certain part. And maybe the way that the workflow or the the process of the factory, you know, the factory line I think of, maybe that changes a little bit, but the whole thing doesn't just like go in a completely different direction, right? But it's also, it's the mindset that you have with these algorithm changes that you just have to be willing to adjust. I think the biggest downfall a lot of creators and a lot of business owners have is the algorithm hates me or, you know, I just give up and okay, but that's not going to result in a growth in your business. And that that's how you want to play it. That's on you. Or you can think, how can I use this for my business? How can I actually... Uh, benefit from this change instead of being like, oh crap, they changed it again. How can you use it for, to your benefit? How can you be like, okay, let's get creative. I mean, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we are creatives at the at the core of it. Yeah. Let's use that to our advantage and see how can we use this for our business and not against it. It's just going to take you so much further than just you know throwing your hands up and giving up. I think the biggest stat that scared me going into entrepreneurship is 85% of businesses will fail because the business owner gives up, not because of actual like financial or social media or circumstantial surroundings. It doesn't, it's actually because of the business owner that gives up, you know, within a year or two of, of working. And I just, I refuse to be a part of that statistic. And I think a lot of other entrepreneurs would say the same thing. So use it for your advantage, not against it. It's amazing because um, with each algorithm change, you come up with new like creative strategy and like you learn, like, for example, you learn like LinkedIn is actually easier to grow or TikTok or um, yeah. Twitter as well. Twitter um, right. um, is it's one like it's you have to always have to be the people in this space are very um, you have to be very on top of things. So that's why we're talking about right. The- Um, Yeah. Yeah. And how boring would it be for us to just stay stagnant? Like we got to have some like bumps in the road, right? That just make us better business owners. So just take it as that instead of, you know, a dip, take it as a a hill to climb that just makes you better for things in the future. Yeah. I love that. How can people contact you, follow you, you know, check out your business, your websites, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can come over to my podcast as well. It's the Fierce Social Podcast. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Christopher will have a link in uh, the show notes below, but I do have a couple of freebies for your followers to take advantage of. It's the fiercesocialsociety.com slash podcast. Uh, so come hang out with me on my podcast on, on socials as well as grab those freebies. Uh, the best one I think that will be the most beneficial is 25 real ideas that don't require any dancing or <laughs> any cat video cameos or anything like that. Um, that freebie will be available through uh, that link in the show notes. Excellent. 
and let for all the audience out there um, thinking about social media it's really a powerful tool and um, it's a creative way to market and brand your business uh, let's thank mandy for sharing her wisdom and expertise all of her resources will be in the links in the show notes uh, be sure to check her out um, and with that thanks so much for coming on to the podcast yeah thank you so much for having me this episode is brought to you by bumble so you want to find someone you're compatible with specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection totally open to having kids in the future is a tall rock climbing libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on tuesdays just as much as you do bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you so whatever it is you're looking for bumble's features can help you find it date now on bumble you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week